Tabletop Unknown. Hello and welcome back to Tabletop Unknown, the show where we playtest lesser-known tabletop RPGs. My name is Will and with me as always is my co-host Jesse. Jesse, how are you? Alive. That's more than can be said for some of us. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. Um, this chair sucks. My back's a bit sore, but otherwise I'm good. Yeah, it's been a big day, mate. It's been a big day. Um, big day. It, but uh, how do you feel? How do, how do you think it went? Great. I, to be honest, I was ready for you all to die. So, and that's obvious by, as I was saying before, I wrote uh, an ending for everyone dying, but I didn't write an ending for every, for, for people surviving. So everything off right there at the end was right on the, on the dome, off the dome, as it were. Mm. Yeah, I'm very happy with it all went, how it all went. Harold of Oxenford from fucking downtown. What the hell? Um, cannot believe that. Um, that just goes to show, well, I mean, we mentioned this in the sort of earlier episodes that this mm. combat system can be make or break very easily. Um, yep. And yep. that was obvious by Harold just fucking shooting off Mira's arm yeah. in the first round of combat, which I still cannot believe. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. She survived anyway, <laughs> so we're all yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, a good witcher is a witcher who has less than four limbs. So yes. yeah. yeah, that's the same. I think that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess this is the part where I talk about the campaign a little bit, just quickly, and like your options. Yeah. So. Talk us through it, Jesse. What, what, um, what do we first have? First of all, do any of you guys have any questions just about everything that was happening or anything like that? You don't have to. You don't want to. I don't. Do you Do you guys have any? Uh, nothing particularly standing out to me. Yeah, it? great. That's fine. So the you guys actually nearly did do everything. There was a few clues you did miss. So because you decided to oxy uh, Harold and, and make him go moon the professor instead, he took the keys with him. You could have gotten to his office ah. and actually discovered some stuff about old uh, Harold. Right. Um, I thought it might have been a possibility of you guys actually figuring it out early and dealing with him and then making the final fight easier. But yeah, so in there you would have found um, some references to his wife um, and a journal entry saying she was coming back to town. Uh-huh. So um, yes, yeah, so yeah, she visited him every decade to sort of keep herself alive and keep moving town to town. And while she was in town, she would... Uh, sup on the locals. But Harold, having a conscience, didn't feel great about it, but decided that if she was killing people who had sinned, it wasn't a problem. So Cyril Fargust was a racist. That's why he was killed. Uh, Roland Gauss was actually not a sinner at all. His perceived sin was helping the witcher Walter Fur uh, investigate the beast. Uh, that makes okay, so much sense. Yeah, yeah. Jory Sobol... Uh, Again, he violence towards women, so dead. Um, and Walter's sin was trying to kill Oliana, mm. the Broxer. So mm. even though that's his job, but again, perceived sin, was trying to kill someone. There was the Academy Tavern, which you guys never went to. Just a bunch of students. You would have met a very fun character I have planned who was going to slam someone's head into a bar when they tried to grab her and get some attention. You would have been able to buy her off, intimidate her, um, or buy a drink to get her to talk, and she would have talk, spoken about the Vargas boy and Roland Gauss, uh, specifically Roland meeting Walter Fur in the tavern with the Witcher. Yep. Um, 
and the student housing you never went to, and there was a student there who would have uh, a student who was studying Skelliger culture who would have spoken to you about a lot, specifically the Fargus boy with the long black and the and Oliana with the long black hair, but also about Roland Gauss and Harald of Oxenfurt's feud, which he played down quite a bit because he didn't think it was that serious. Mm. However, uh, Roland did not like him at all, and he let that be known because he didn't trust him. What else? So at the end of every day, a different thing would have happened. So at the end of day one, uh, we rolled for your nightmares, and you also managed to see the birds. Uh, Again, at the end of day two, um, I rolled a d4, and whoever that landed on was going to get humming. Uh, It just happened to be you. Uh, Yep, and you didn't have nightmares that night. And day three was the day you actually decided to fight her, so you missed out the last event, which was in the night of day three, she would have called to you and woken you all up and then tried to ambush you in the street as you left to investigate. Cool. Um, The cool thing about that is because of Yalkith's career criminal skill, the uh, practised paranoia, I always had to make him roll for any type of trap. So anytime you rolled there, that was to perceive a trap or perceive someone watching you. So specifically was the birds watching you, which you caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was the drowners trying to ambush you. And Harald in the back of the Sulis Gate. Yeah. Sluis Gate, sorry. In the the thing. So they were the three parts you saw. Your mage calling on the backup was your sort of thing. Your mage as well was just to have better rapport with him and he was more willing to help you out. And your will, I feel like I've lost, I dropped the ball a bit on your little uh, psychosis there. So oh, it's my fine. fault. It's fine. Um, I just sort of forgot it existed yeah. <laughs> uh, about halfway. But yeah, um, that's pretty much everything from the campaign. Um, for reference, the Bruxa is rated at a hard monster and then there is three tiers for every difficulty. There's simple, complex, and difficult. She was hard and difficult. So she was top of the top. Yeah, right. Every time she dodged, repositioned, or block, it was 20, 22, and 24. Then she rolled a D10 and added to it. So that's why it was pretty hard to hit her. Okay. Her bite and claws were a 24 plus a D10 to hit. Yeah, right. Um, And you got away. She was never close enough to use her sonic blast. Uh, at at more than two people, mm. which is sort of what I said I would do. If you all stacked up on her, she would have used her Sonic Blast, which, if you failed to defend against, would have done five, six damage, knocked you back four metres, and had you all staggered, which means Damn. none of you could act except stand back up, and then she would have attacked immediately again. So Oy. in terms of the fight, you actually got off uh, not not bad. I mean, one of you died and you lost a limb and you have a long healing process for your arm, Johnny. But otherwise, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good fight. Again, yeah. I'm Harold. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like he not only did he roll three crits, but like in a, like within the same move, he rolled a ten, a ten, and then rolled again. You also rolled a one mm. on your defense roll, which is a fumble. So yeah. it was the worst possible thing that could have happened, mm. and a, and and that critical, a deadly critical, depending on where it hit you. So, so when you, whenever you roll and someone doesn't aim, you just like roll a d10, and then a number on there is where they're aiming. If it had ro- if he rolled a ten on a d10, he would have hit you on the head and you would have died immediately. Yeah. But he rolled, he rolled a seven, so shot you in the arm or around the arm area, and I chose, yeah, your forearm to go. So. Yeah, nice. So yeah, that's that's the that was the game, everyone. Um, oh, very cool. Very let's cool. Get into yeah. the questions, will. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we will. We'll jump straight into the questions. Um. So I'll sort of direct it to. Yeah, I'll go this direction. Nicola, you first. Um. So what is your relationship with The Witcher? Um, read the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, played the games. Mm-hmm. Watched the series. 
So I'm... A small fan. A small fan, yeah. just a small one. <laughs> I'm not like, I don't know everything there is. I don't know all the knowledge. Like, I've forgotten, like, the... Black blood. Black blood. Stuff. Yeah, okay. That kind of stuff, like little bits and pieces. But, like, I'm glad that I sort of clicked onto what... Yeah, I felt like I felt like you figured out the monster in like the first twenty five minutes, and I was like, "Fuck!" (laughs) (laughs) And just for all the listeners, um, in between our recording sessions, Nicola was like, "This is my idea. This is what I think's happening." So yeah, a little bit of knowledge there. So yeah, very cool. And in terms of role playing games, what what's your experience with those? Um, So this is actually only my second or third role playing game. So I've done uh, a Dungeons and Dragons before our current campaign that we've mm-hmm. got going on with mm-hmm. you, me, Jesse, and a couple of other people. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so not too much. Still sort of getting used to, like, the whole character um, acting sort of thing, which I guess in a way I kind of should be used to yeah. as, as a musical <laughs> theatre performer. Yeah, no, you did well. Yeah, did, you did but, well. um, yeah no. The weird French accent was great. It wasn't mm. French. Whatever it was. Russian. Weird French. Word. It was like Russian. Yeah. Okay, Russian sure. is weird French, I think. Yeah. Is it? That word? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both in Europe. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you in just a yeah. second, Nicola. Mitchell, I'll go to you now. Um, so what is your relationship with The Witcher? Uh, my relationship with The Witcher is virtually non-existent. Okay. Uh, okay. I have seen the Henry Cavill TV series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I played about the first three hours of The Witcher 3 and then got distracted by something else. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. So that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. So a little bit of an understanding as to what it sort of should be, but not. I, I sort of have an understanding of what it, what the series is about, mm. um, but I don't have a, an extensive knowledge of the law yeah. or of. Like, obviously, I know that witches have potions and stuff like that, but I, I couldn't name one. For sure, mm. yeah. And in terms of role-playing games, um, what's your experience with those? Uh, again, virtually non-existent. Yeah. So prior to COVID, uh, the first lockdown we had last year, I played two games. Yep. Um, one of my mates started a new campaign and he wanted extra people, so he asked me to join. Uh, so we did two sessions and then, unfortunately, the lockdown hit and after that we didn't play again. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. So that's that's really good to have that sort of contrast with Nicola, who has a lot of mm. knowledge, has a bit more experience with RPGs and yourself as well. Um, so, Simone, I'll go to you now. Um, what is your relationship with The Witcher? Well, if Mitch thinks that he's non-existent, <laughs> I've watched <laughs> 90 minutes of The Witcher. I was very proud that I got through two episodes because I'm very time poor. <laughs> and that's it. Um, yep. More of a so no experience with the uh, the video game at all, nothing like no, that. Yeah. I don't play video games to be yeah. honest. No worries. Yeah, yeah, and in terms of role playing games, what's your experience there? I've been playing with the same group of people in D and D for about two and a half years, mm-hmm. and we're in like a really long campaign at the moment. So I'm used to like long term character play and done a lot of acting and stuff like that. So I'm very comfortable with role playing, but yep. not so much with like stats and counting and yeah, fair yeah. enough. And I, and I think this is actually quite deceptively heavy in the stats, which we'll get into. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it is a small amount of numbers, mm. but um. It does. It just sort of does slow slow us down. I mean, yeah. we all apparently have a five grade education for math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Struggle to do a simple nineteen plus eighteen on that sort of stuff. But I mean, in the moment, it's just like you're just like, oh, my brain was thinking about what I'm doing, not numbers. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. And Will, how about yourself? So, what's your relationship with The Witcher? Yeah. So I, I've got heavily into The Witcher three video game. Beautiful. Really heavily into that, and Look I love it. it. And I'm going to revisit it again soon. Yes. Yeah, um, I've read. A small amount of one of one of the novels, the short story ones. The first, I think, it's the Sword of um, Sword of Destiny. Sword of Destiny, I think. Yeah, um, and I've watched 
maybe half of the Netflix TV series. Yeah, so, right. uh, yeah, again, a little bit of an understanding um, across those three mediums. And you already know my RPG history. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. In terms of The Witcher, again, I love The Witcher. I've watched the TV show about four times now. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just finding the intricacies, finding the parallels between the, the, the books and, and the games. Um, I just do, I genuinely love the world. Hmm. So when we were first initially planning our first three seasons, I jumped on board to do the witcher one i think i even suggested it as well mm. so i just love the world so much and i love i love the way the magic works i love the story of witches mm. um and i love the social commentary inside it as well yeah which is just wonderful it's really really good really great parallel to a lot of shitty things humans have done so i've been trying to think about how to explain the world to people because when you sort of go fantasy they're like oh like lord of the rings i'm like no, no not really, really no. kind of i guess if like george rr R. martin had written lord of the rings mm, you know maybe. i guess In maybe way, but yeah. more yeah. monsters and stuff like it's hard it's its own little niche thing but it's yeah. so wonderful and falls rich into and the world it forms into the realm of dark fantasy but again it doesn't feel right it feels like a disservice to mm. to say that the world is just a dark fantasy so yeah absolutely all right cool we'll get to the next question then um so Again, Nicola, I'll start with yourself here. Um, the, the the this system and the way this game runs does that sort of represent your does that how how well does that represent your understanding of The Witcher? Like, does it feel like a game that is very steeped in The Witcher, or is it sort of out of place almost? No, I, f- I feel like it definitely does sort of go hand in hand with what I like. The Witcher feels like it is. Mm. It's very, as Jesse was saying, intricate and detailed, and there's a lot of different bits and pieces, like especially for like playing a Witcher, you've got a whole heap of your own different things that you've got to consider in terms yeah. of your character building um, that maybe other characters don't really need to worry about. Which is something I think is really wonderful about the video games as well, is that you do have to consider all that stuff, the oils and the, the potions and the signs and the all that stuff. It, yeah, it's a, yeah, there's a lot to think about. Yeah, you've got to like, especially the video games, you've really got to prep I mean, it's depending on what difficulty you play on. Mm. If you don't prep, death march will go like, home. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. Well, you pretty much finished my sentence. Oh yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like the only way to actually succeed in that video game is if you come across an enemy and you need to before you even get him in close. You need to like, I know this enemy's here. Great. I need the correct oil. I need the correct potions. I need yeah. to use the right signs. I need to have the appropriate bombs and it, like and. The game replicates that, I think, very well because, mm. again, you guys got the oil, you got the black blood, you got the bomb, you got, you know, and you actually had them ready to go. Mm. And it was giving you those additional damages that otherwise you just wouldn't have done a dent to, yeah. to yeah. her at all. Four dead instead of one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mitch, how about yourself? What do you think about how this game represents The Witcher as your understanding of it? Yeah, in terms of my understanding of The Witcher, yes, I do feel like it represented it quite well um, in terms of you know, the things we came across, like Jesse was saying, with the the various oils and potions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't feel it as much playing as a dwarf. I'm sure the guys that played as a witcher felt that a lot more. For sure, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And I would be, you know, because the four of us, at least to my knowledge, didn't particularly communicate with what characters we were creating beforehand. There's every chance that we could have come into this with with no witcher characters. Yeah. Um, And I feel like if we didn't have those characters, it would feel less attached to the world. Mm. Yeah, yep. sure. Yeah. Even if there was things like in our campaign we had the deceased Witcher, mm. we we would have been experiencing less of what makes the Witcher world unique. Yeah. yeah. Which I suppose is probably something, because from memory the TV show, at least part of the t- half of the TV show I've watched and the video games don't really deal a lot with dwarves 
from memory. Like they do exist and you do yeah, encounter them. I don't so, recall seeing one in the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are towards towards the later episodes there are definitely dwarves, um, but not in the earlier episodes. If you only watched half of oh, them. Oh, the one where they're climbing up the mountain? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. But no, I agree. Even in the video games, it doesn't really get much onto dwarves. Yeah. Uh, the one video game that does is actually an extent of the card game, Gwent. And yeah. I, because you didn't go to the uh, Academy Tavern, I didn't get to do a bunch of Gwent references. <laughs> it's awful upsetting. Um, but uh, in that game, they actually go to Mahakam, uh, which is where all the dwarves are. And they go through okay. the dwarven yeah. society. And it's actually really interesting. Mm. Um, but yes, it, it's as a dwarf, I imagine you probably didn't get into much of of it as well, and also because I was, I did set it in Oxenfurt for a reason. It's because I wanted, I wanted the racism to be there, but not as prevalent as it is everywhere else. Yeah, because I don't feel properly equipped to deal with that issue in a respectable way. So, like that's why I maybe started around those moments a bit here and there, <clears throat> and that's just an absence of education on my part. So maybe as a dwarf, that if that sort of stuff was more in it, that more non-human sort of hatred that there is in the in the game. Yeah. You know, and in the in the world and in the law, it might have maybe might have might have made it feel more in the universe. Yeah, right. But yeah. Yeah. I just I just sort of avoided that a little bit. No, I think it's a yeah. No, I think it's a considered thing to do. Yeah. Um, Simone, what about yourself? What I mean, you said you didn't have a lot of knowledge on The Witcher. So, does this feel like a dark, gritty fantasy world? Does this game sort of, I suppose, highlight that, or is it? Yeah, it's pretty grim and everything. Um, I found like we spent so much time like doing alchemy and stuff like that. And when I play D and D, I avoid alchemy characters because I don't (laughs) want to. I want to like go out and battle. Like I don't want to like sit around making stuff. Yeah. So I found like the game it it takes a while to like start battling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which like isn't a personal preference of mine, but I can see like if you're a big fan of the series, that's a huge appeal. Yeah. If that's what you're really yeah, into. Yeah, you just like, let's just get to the monster. Like, let's fight the monster. Yeah, or let's have like funny banter and stuff like that. That's yeah. kind of... In mm. terms of how long it took to get to the fighting, um, I'm not defending myself here. I'm just informing you. Because you had the choice to go anywhere. If you investigated the Witcher earlier, if you go, oh, let's find the Witcher first, see what happened to him you would have gotten into that drowning combat pretty quick. And my, my hope was that you would get into it quick so we'd have it quite spaced out. Yeah, even. right. But yeah, because uh, yeah, it was one of the last things you got, one of the last things you guys did. That's why it was, took so long to get into any combat. So For sure, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, that's, that's I think one of the, the great things about having that sort of open world is that we can attack things in a way that we want to, but then, yeah, maybe... maybe. Well, yeah, that was the thing. So generally when, at least in the, as far as the book is book is concerned it is expecting you to go down a linear narrative Mm. but because i wanted to try and sort of capsulate the whole finding out what the monster is investigating it making the appropriate things for it which is very witcher Mm. in everything you have to do in both the video games and what you see in the books and the tv show to an extent as well that's why i felt we should do some sort of explorative investigative sort of thing with it opposed to just going this is a storyline here you go yeah Mm. um yeah, which I think was very cool and very um, like I enjoyed it a lot, and I think it, it sort of like engaged me a lot. But yeah, we did sort of I suppose run into that potential issue, which is isn't an issue. It's just it's well, that's the thing. I feel like what 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 I tried to do is the section of the game that people are interested in, which is that let's find, figure out, and kill the monster. So this would definitely be one sort of session in your campaign. You would yeah. get up to you'd you'd have a plot and story, and you go, okay, we're now here. 
However, there's this monster in the way. Let's do the investigation on the monster and figure out what it is and kill it so we can keep going. Yeah. And, you know, that's sort of the thing you would have got up to in, in the storyline. I feel like that's what it was sort of replicating there. Yeah. How about you, Will? What does this game feel to you within the Witcher universe? How yeah, does it match? I, I think it does, yeah. And I think for um, the reasons that we've sort of already touched on, the um, you know, the combat can be so decisive so quickly and that mm-hmm. happens in the game. Um, thing, Violent things happen. Death happens. We encountered that. Um, having to prepare for combat, having to craft and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it does. I think it encapsulates it quite well. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so, Nicola, if you were to describe this game to people, what would you highlight as some of the strengths of the game? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm so bad at coming up with lists. Um, <laughs> I, obviously, from my perspective, playing as a witcher, I felt it did heavily feel like you would want it to. So, for me... Yeah like wanting to experience the witcher world, I feel like that is a pretty like strong part of what this whole experience was. Like I felt like super high stakes, especially at the end, mm. which I, I feel like a lot of, not a lot of, I feel like some um, role play campaigns, enemies don't feel too awful to come across, but then I feel like witcher monsters, like their damage can be quite, Brutal, yeah. yeah. Compared to some other um, role play games, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I really like that, and also again, like the investigation kind of stuff. Like that's always been an interest in terms of doing a role play, which I know some people can find quite slow. Mm. But it's getting into those little intricacies of the story and figuring out things for yourself that make it so interesting for me. Yeah, absolutely, and it's like fleshing out a world as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, makes it feel richer and more detailed. So mm. yeah, no completely understand and respect that um mitch what about yourself what do you think are some strengths of this particular game one thing i really liked the sound of that we didn't actually get a chance to experience because it was just the the short campaign that we did but one thing i've always enjoyed in games you know video games as well is the idea of consequence um so for example jesse mentioned at one point if you break an arm that's three months of in-game time for that to fully heal Mm. um i very much like that it's there's no just like magical fix. It's like if you stuff up and something happens to you, you have to find a way to work with that, mm. and it doesn't just magically disappear because you you go to sleep for eight <laughs> yeah because you yeah. <laughs> eight hours rest and yeah. suddenly your kidney is back. Yeah, yes, yeah, board. exactly. It's probably so why that's Die Hard's that, so good is like he has to walk on glass and then he can't walk for the rest of the movie. Yeah, like yeah. there's consequences. Action heroes don't just like fix themselves. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, it adds a sense of. Um, uh, I think realism and a sense of danger, mm. Mm. Um, and that's the thing with the with that critical table. There is a number of things that can go wrong on that, and that can be a leg. Like, like, can you imagine playing like three sessions of a game where you're carting your party member because they can't walk? Like, that's yeah. so interesting, and you get so so many cool stories. It's like, okay, well, you have a bow. And you can just sit in the cart and help us when, whenever you get the opportunity. But also, imagining um, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park yeah. must go faster. Must go faster. Yeah, like there's just so many interesting things you could do. Like there's even some stuff where it's like you can temporarily lose your hearing, you can lose an eye, you can become blind, you can again lose limbs. Sorry, Mira. Uh, you can do all sorts of stuff. Uh, like that can completely change the state of the story. You know, just from one bad combat, just one bad check. Mm. can completely change the direction you're going, which is so cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Um, Simone, what about yourself? 
I think it's an incredibly intellectually stimulating game. I felt like I was always on my toes. And mm. being like a six-hour recording session, it was like by the end you're really like pushing yourself mentally, which I think is really enjoyable for some particular people. Like that it was um, exciting to, to really not just be like throwing a hammer around all day. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely enjoyed the, um, the sort of difficulty of it. Mm. Um, and the other thing I really like is that it's so much of your character is comes up to chance, uh, which I'm not used to, which D and D is very much in control and you get so many choices. Whereas this is just like, all right, here's your life path. And now you're going to, this happened to you and this happened to you. Mm. So I really enjoyed that sort of difference in this particular tabletop game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, the, the idea that it sort of encapsulate this idea that if you stuff up there, are, again, it comes back to consequences. If you stuff up, there are consequences. It's not, I'm going to do, you know, a bardic inspiration and give you five plus five or whatever. It's like, if you stuff up, you stuff up, like stuff happens. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think I'd really agree with that as well. Um, I would probably add it's. I suppose it's less so much about the system and more about the way that the book is set out. I think it's a really beautiful book to read yeah. um, and it's got really beautiful artwork. It's got so much detail and information about um, types of monsters and characters and all that sort of stuff. I think it, that that is a real strength of the overall um, system. Yeah, that would probably be my thoughts. Yeah, great. I just launched straight into it. That's so. fine. No, <laughs> what about yourself, Jesse? Um, there is actually not a lot that I dislike. I actually like quite a bit of it. Um, mm. I mean, that's – I love – the witcher so why wouldn't i there is a few um things that stand out for me though i think character creation an incredible mm. standpoint yeah again because of that consequence i also like that when you're playing dungeons and dragons again simone said you have full control over everything and your character's backstory but bad things happen and con- like things in life happen and nothing good like all the life path stuff can be bad and good. Mm. There are some very serious bad life path stuff that can take away your statistics, which is so interesting Yeah, as well. I don't really know another system that does that. Um, so I, I personally think the greatest strength of this system is its character creation because yeah. as you're doing it, you're learning about a person and you're becoming attached to this person because they keep succeeding, obviously, because they're your character. Um, so you're going down this path and you're like, oh my God, this mage is back in my history again. Why? Like, why does this person keep showing up? Or it's like another hunt was a trap for me, a witcher, which I think in Nicholas' character's backstory, there was two traps that were set for her. Yeah, right. Um, trying to kill this witcher, which is just like, oh my God, no wonder she's alone and doesn't trust people. Like she's been tricked twice already yeah, and yeah. nearly died both times. So, you know, like there's so much there that you can just use. And as a, like as an actor as well, it's just like, oh, this is so much like raw material that I can then actually use and inform my own play style of the character, which is just so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, actually, I really agree with the life path stuff as well. I probably yep. should have mentioned that as a yep. strength. But yeah, it's just it's, a, it's an incredible way of allowing people to put thought into their backstory without having to think too much about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, really, One other really like quick strength I will touch on is the dice. Using two types of dice only, great. Makes I mean, it so simple. And also you, you know uh, pretty quickly that like great, a one is bad, a 10 is bad. But mm. you know, there's... Like, it's one of those things that's like if you roll a 19 in D&D, you're like, oh, that's really good and it's really good. And you're like, so I'm 5% off a critical. Like, okay, it, it can yeah. be really good, but it's not a crit. So, But like on a D10, it's a 10% chance of something really great or something really bad happening. And I think that's more realistic, to mm. be honest. Yeah. Like a much the stakes, again, are greater. So, yeah. um, just one more strength, if I can quickly touch on it, I think is the um, 
the the variety of skills and that mm. they all seem to play yep. a part. Like there's no never once did I look at the skills and go that skill's useless because there's always there's so many different ways of approaching a problem. There's so many different ways of um, com- like combating someone or, or a monster in our case. And it's just, it feels like every one of these skills has a place. Yeah. And even then I will just touch on that because even something like there is a skill on here called grooming and style. You'd think that that's a useless <laughs> skill, right? But if you actually know The Witcher, you know that there is a lot of political intrigue and that sort of stuff is relevant in those political settings. Mm. So meeting a king, knowing how like you need to be well-groomed and have an appropriate style. And that would also, you know, fall into like social stuff as well. So like, even the most mundane of skill is relevant. I mean, another one, like trap crafting, that's, uh, there's going to be relevance for that. If you're doing a heavy magic campaign, there's three different forms of, four different forms of magic. Hmm. It's something for dealing with uh, being scared and afraid, like courage. I can't remember if we said it in the episode, but you mentioned to me at one point that even the business skill, which sounds a bit mundane, has a place in terms of analysing a business and trying yes, to work yeah, out if so it's legit. Can, or... Yeah, like the business skill, you can find out and go through someone's ledger and figure out where this money's come from. Mm. You know, you can figure <laughs> out how someone has done something. And, and I expected the business skill to come into it a bit more with uh, a Jorah Sobol that was sort of like a, what, like a red herring there just to throw you off was his money that he wasn't meant to have. Mm. Um, and uh, my fault for getting the business skill was there saying you can roll business, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I think yeah every skill has its place, which is great. Mm. But uh, now I think we get a little bit dicey bit, Will. So weaknesses, isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. So Nicola, what if you had to improve on anything, or if you feel like there is improvements to be made, where would you where would you say those were? Mm. I was I was actually just going to touch on a point that you were just mentioning, which I know some people would find as a weakness of The Witcher is just how uh, I guess human the way you create your character is like no one's like amazing at everything which you can be in other campaigns mm. you're, there's always going to be a downfall for you in the way that your character is done um and as i said before i, f- I find that it creates a lot higher stakes for certain things that do happen compared to maybe like a D campaign where you can just keep upping your skills as you go or yeah. like be just amazing at everything um which yeah some people would find as a weakness i do not i love it it makes it more raw mm. and real um Obviously, like, you know, it's only been a five-hour campaign um, and it's not as linear as I think you said most of the campaigns for which should Yeah, are. well, the, the book, and I, this, will, oh, this will come into my weakness in a sec, the book doesn't actually give you much to work with, the, yeah. but the additional text texts do. They give you all the lore and stuff, but they don't actually go, here's a campaign. Mm. You know, there, there is one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you sort of, as a... Yeah, I'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would yeah, I would say probably the only thing that I would call a weakness uh, would be how sort of like yes, open world, but it feels like you can't quite get to everything. Mm. Um, so there's, as you've already said, this there's, there's so much that we missed. Um, which if it was a longer campaign, then we would have been able to get to everything. But yeah, that, it is what it is. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Mitch, how about yourself? What what would you improve on if you could? Um, yeah, again, like, like Nicola said, obviously there was stuff that we missed out on or didn't quite get to, but that is something that would be resolved by having this as an actual campaign and not something that we're just playing uh, as a one-off thing. Mm. Um, in all honesty, there was nothing that actually happened throughout the campaign that I thought to myself, 
I don't like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, with with my level of experience with role-playing games, nothing particularly stood out to me as something that I disliked. Yeah, fair enough. Right. So as, yeah. a, as a newer player... As a, as a newer player, I think there was a lot that I benefited from. Hmm. Um, for example, like in previously Jesse was mentioning the fact that you only have the two dice to worry about. Yeah. And that is something that when I did play D&D, I was constantly going, oh, hang on, which dice am I meant to be using? Yeah, for sure. Whereas this um, one just got the big one and the six-sided dice. Exactly. Yeah, I, I found that very simple. So, yeah, uh, bit of a cop-out answer, but nothing actually stood out to me as, as an outright negative. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Right. awesome. Um, Simone? I found the dice... Uh, personally, I found it confusing that you had to check your stats against like three things every single time. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just lazy with D and D because it's <laughs> it's all on one page and it's all in like an alphabetical list, and then I go twenty plus whatever. Yeah. And it yeah. just seems to be very simple. So I I found combat a little slow compared to what I'm used to, and just generally problem solving. I felt like I spent ages counting because I'm also really bad at counting. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was my main criticism, I think, of the game. Um. For Besides, again, it's just like uh, it's a different game. Like it's so different from D and D, which I was surprised by. Yeah, and it's it's a lot more intellectual. It's a lot more problem solving, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just a just, just a thing to note. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, I think I'd agree with you. I think my biggest criticism is probably the um the the way in which any skill check works. Not just combat, but it just seemed to slow down a lot of things. And maybe it's because this is all our first time playing it. Maybe we're just still getting used to it. Um, but yeah, having Having to check um, the skill, roll the dice, the stat, and then add all those together did just sort of stunt it a little bit. Um, but I suppose on the flip side of that as well, it makes the, the stats more relevant than how they feel in D&D as well. Because yeah, yeah. like, yeah. your intelligence has a role outside of just... A plus two or... Plus yeah, two. yeah. Like it, it, it forms a part of it. So even though I consider it a negative... I could see how that could be a positive as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I feel like mine's a cop out, Mitch, because I'm sort of saying it's a negative, but it could be a positive. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think apart from that, um, the defining skill, the fact that it doesn't have a, a like a place to put the level and all that sort of stuff, and it could just be this particular character sheet that we're using. I'm, I, I can't remember how they looked in the book, but we just used a fillable one that um, we found no, online. No, it's the same. It's the same. It's exactly the same. Sheet. It's yeah. the same character sheet. That um, yeah. I didn't realize until very, very late in the piece that your defining skill actually has to have a level as well. And then, yeah. and yep. then when we skill check with that, where does that fall and all this sort of stuff. And that's not really explained in the book either. Yeah, and I'll, I'll actually get into that with, yeah. with my negatives as well. Um, so, yeah, but those, those are my negatives. So, on that note, Jesse, sure, why don't you take right. us away? So, building off uh, what you said, Simone, just quickly. So, uh, another system is that, that exists is called the Cortex system, and that's used for a lot of TV shows. So, Supernatural and Firefly, both games I've played that use the Cortex system. In that system, the Cortex system it gets you also to roll your attributes, your skill, and then a dice, right? Um, the difference is, is they assign a dice value and you level up that dice. So for me, this is like the best of both systems of D&D where it's just a D20 and the Cortex systems where it's multiple dice pools. So you just combine that, your, your, your stat is a number and then below that stat is the skill that you do. And... In um, the Cortex system, it doesn't actually do that for you. It just says you must roll an attribute, you must roll your skill. So if I want someone to drive, right, I have to go, okay, what skill is most applicable while driving? 
uh, maybe dexterity. Whereas on this, if it's in the category of dexterity, mm. you roll dexterity, you roll athletics, let's say, it's always going to be in that same table. So yeah. um, for people that have never experienced that, it is a bit clunky. However, it could be so much worse. Yeah. Um, still a valid criticism though, because I, I literally wrote the skill for you on all your character sheets next to its table. Which so you, you could look at it and then look at the skill below it. So it was always there. And even then you guys were still a bit like, oh, so that's yeah. clearly yeah. a valid criticism. Um, the book is good, but it has some problems. Um, as you were just saying, not knowing that the class profession defining skill, whatever it's called, mm. had to be leveled. Mm. Um, it mentions it once in the book yep. and that is in the section of skills where it teaches you how to level up. So if you miss it, mm. you're not going to find it again. I think I only discovered it like four days ago and I think I emailed Mitch and said, oh God, your defining skill has to have a level. Yes. Quick, relocate yeah. some some points. So. Yeah, so that I think is a problem it doesn't clearly define things as well and obviously i would have edited them out um but by the time we get to this episode but there was a lot of moments where i was flicking through the book trying to find something and i couldn't find it the index is missing a lot like i was looking for the stun value for ages yeah and i didn't find it until three turns later Mm. and even with looking at the index it didn't list where the actual thing was yeah um, and maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm a moron, and that's perfectly fine. But like, I, I but like I couldn't. Morons find it. are allowed to play video games yeah, as well, yeah, Jesse. Come on. Like, but like I couldn't find it in the book, um, which is a shame, because um, otherwise the book is really great. But mm. I also find the book a bit uh, like it's a bit all over the place because the Witcher, yeah, yeah. for example, if you make a Witcher, all the Witcher life path and stuff is a completely different section to everyone else's. Yeah. Which, in my mind, I would have just done cool, let's just do the, all the races, all the classes, then chuck the Witcher on at the end of that section. But no, at the end of it, yeah. it gets into, cool, now we're going to level and do all this stuff. Mm. Um, the leveling system, I think I'll call a negative. So for those of you who didn't know, um, listeners, sorry, ev- uh, all the characters got 30 improvement points they could then spend. Um, it costs the amount of points you get in, as improvement points to level up the skill you're using. For example, if you have five in athletics, it will cost you five improvement points to go to a six. Mm. I gave you guys 30 and I thought that was a lot. It was almost nothing. You guys burnt through that very quickly and it didn't level up your skills very much at all. Mm. Um, so I think figuring out exactly what is a good level up and what is a good improvement, I feel like you guys might as well have been uh, like non-leveled characters fighting the Bruxa because I didn't notice that, that increase at all, um, which is a shame. So I think something needs to happen there. Also, I think the perks system was a—it's very non. It doesn't explain itself very well. It took me ages to figure it out, and I yeah. remember doing it with Nicola, and she was so confused. I had to explain it to her three times, and then in the end, we still forgot to add her parry arrows score until just today. So yeah, right. Yeah. Um. That's a that's a lot of bad. I think that's just me nitpicking at the system. Mm. I don't think they are truly genuine negatives. I think it's just coming becoming more familiar with the system. And I think this system requires just a little bit more time to be, to become familiar with it than say Dungeons and Dragons would. And I'd say that that's probably the takeaway from all of that. It's just you just need that little bit more time than D anD D to get yeah. familiar. No, fair enough. Yeah. All right, cool. So, last question, guys. Uh, Nicola, would you recommend this game to anyone? 
New players, old players. And also, Will, how many out of five pizza slices do you give this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would definitely recommend it, and I would probably give it five five pizza slices out of five. Ooh, perfect Ooh. score for Nicola. But that's purely because I am a Witcher fan. Yeah. yeah. But as I said, I do find this role play so much more intriguing and interesting because your characters feel a lot more real and grounded in the stats that you can give to them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh, for sure. Mitch. Uh, I would recommend it. I think as a new player, I found it very easy to navigate. Yep. Um, so from that perspective, I would recommend it. Uh, I would probably give it. You can do you can do point something if you want. I'd give it three and a half pizza slices. Right. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Simone. I would have to agree. Three and a half pizza slices sounds good to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. If someone um, loved the series, then I'd say five for them. Mm. I'd, I'd yeah. give yeah. them five slices. Yeah, play this game. For sure. Yeah, mm. great. Cool. Um, yeah, look, I would recommend it for new players, um, old players, anyone really. Uh, I think particularly if the thing that you find most daunting about role-playing games is creating a character and doing the backstory. Mm, yeah. Good this point. is a great one to jump into. And I think for anyone listening out there who maybe wants to put in more work than I do on this, um, if they could develop something like the life path system for any number of existing RPGs, maybe more people would dip their toe into it. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it can be an overwhelming thing to, to create this whole backstory and persona. Um, and I think that the life path does that really well. Um, I would probably give it a, a, f- I'd probably give it four and a half pizza slices. Yeah, I think right. it's pretty good. Yeah. I think the improvements, the the things that I said needed improving, again, like yourself, I think they're pretty nitpicky and probably something that wouldn't be a problem if I'd played this another couple of times. And I probably will. I'll probably jump into this again yeah, at some I'm, point. Yeah, I'm much mm. in the same mind. I'll just jump into mine now. Mm. Um, with all of its faults, I think its positives far outweigh them. Mm. I think if you're going to DM this game, oh, you've got to do... a bit more work than you're probably used to. You have to know the world very well. However, if you do know the world, it's probably going to be a bit easier. I know the world pretty well and I managed to get through it okay. But if you don't know The Witcher, you're probably going to struggle a little bit just learning everything. I remember Simone creating your character with you. You knew nothing. So I had to sort of explain why things were important and that sort of thing. So if you don't know the world, it's going to be very difficult for you. Um, However, the book does explain it quite well. Mm. It actually has a lot of lore in there. But I couldn't find anything on Oxenfurt, the town. And it's quite a prominent town Mm. in, in, in the game, the third game at least, and some of the books. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. I, I think I'm the same. I think four and a half pizza slices for me as well. Um, Yeah, as an overall, I think it just has those little bit of optimization things that it needs to get fixed, Mm -hmm. which having said that, there is some additional source books which I think add content um, in terms of mechanics. So, for example, A Witcher's Journal, which is where I took the Broxa from, actually has a full investigation mechanic where it, where you the, your investigation has health and you can chip away at that health. When you get that investigation down to zero health, you then figure out the plot. Yeah, I s- kind of did that with your Witcher lore checks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Awesome. So Just yeah. quickly doing that maths in my head, I think we're at an average of 4.2 pizza slices. Great. Hey. So now you do math. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, there we go. We averages and stats. Um, cool. Um, so... Just quickly, if you'll indulge us for a second, um, Star Wars, what do you rate it? Oh, Star Wars. Um, again, a system I love and a, and, a, and a world that I love. I think it does have a few uh, issues that it 
that again get ironed out with its additional source books, which I think is healthy. But that's a four for me, and I've played that system for eight years. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I'd say four. a four. Yeah, um, the Witcher just beats it here. Just beats it. Yeah, and I think probably because of the life path stuff for Agreed. me personally. Absolutely. Um, and Pokemon Tabletop Unknown. <laughs> uh, United. Po- Pokemon Tabletop United. My old nemesis. Uh, Can I be given back pizza slices? from? Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to give it a negative, but I am going to no. give it a two. And that two is because if you are a super fan of Pokemon and you know it incredibly well, you already know half the information that you desperately need to know. Yeah. <laughs> like the ridiculous algebra problem that is catching a Pokemon mm. or the nine-step process of calculating damage. Mm. If you know this already, if you're familiar with it, you're fine. Anyone else, don't, don't. No, 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 no. Jesus. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're a beginner, <laughs> don't play the Pokemon we system. Did, did you say algebra? Yeah, that whole Essentially. Uh, Faulty Towers thing, don't mention the war. We don't mention season two. No. <laughs> it was a great season. I love everyone in it. And, yeah. our, and your plot line was great and yeah. the characters were wonderful and the system was not. Yeah. So uh, you're being kind. I'm going to give it a one. Sure. One pizza slice. Mm. Um, I won't go into negatives, but yeah, one pizza slice. Um, but look, that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you so much, Nicola, Mitch, and Simone. Thank you so much for joining us on Season 3. Um, yes. We hope you had fun. Thank you. Uh, I know it's been a big day. So, yeah, no, we really, really appreciate your time. Just quickly, do any of you have anything you want to plug? If you want to follow me on Instagram at Simone Confuzzle, which is confused and puzzled, put in the same word. I'm so sorry. C-O-N-F-U-Z-Z-L-E. Uh, I will, I'm putting on a musical at uh, ACU. and It's a one-woman show I've written. Uh it may become more than one woman because I don't know if university will just let me take their money and do my show. <laughs> I might have to change things, yeah, okay. but that's exciting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Ah, I look forward to seeing more about that. I'm going to, uh, I'm sorry, Jesse, I haven't told you I'm doing this yet, but what? I am doing another podcast um, called. What the fuck? I know. Traitor. God, I'm a- <laughs> it's called um, Deconstructing Disney Diddies with Stackers and Will. And right. we basically trying to answer the age old question, which Disney song is the best song? Let's get down to the oh. business to defeat the Huns. You've Welcome. <laughs> no, no need to do the podcast. Now, Reflection so. by um, I think it's oh, I uh, Hellfire from the Hunchback. Not sure. <laughs> You're all making great, uh, great Content cases. For your other yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's pretty much it going on for right. me. Yeah. Thank Are you. Are you going everyone. to get your uh, your own Disney Plus subscription? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep uh, mooching off yours. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was season three. Big trouble in Little Oxenford. Ooh, season four. Season four. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so, Will, you are the DM next season. As I am the DM. Boom. Changing roster. We are playing Bubblegum Shoe, which is a. Uh, it is a. It's a. It's a genre themed uh, game. It is a teen detective <laughs> tabletop RPG. So think Veronica Mars, uh, the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, all of that fun stuff. So oh, we yeah. look forward to seeing you guys back for season four. Four. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. See ya. Tabletop unknown.